First thing first, uh, what's going on, y'all, man? We got electricity again. Anybody that's uh, been in the Atlanta area, uh, of course, all of Florida, y'all know what I'm talking about, man. Hurricane Irma came through and took out everything. And I didn't think it was going to be that big of a deal here in Atlanta, but I'm telling y'all, I've been without power for about uh, almost a full 48 hours. So uh, being out of power for 48 hours, there's two things. First, you get an appreciation for power and how much you actually need it. Uh, number two, man, I'm glad to have power back. I'm not going to lie to y'all, man. And no, we're not talking about the show power. That's a whole nother conversation. Uh, but man, I was sitting here at the house without power, candles, and I had to resort to like looking at DVDs on my uh, laptop. And yes, I have a laptop that's old enough to still have a DVD player on it. Uh, I don't have one of the most current MacBooks that don't come with a DVD player. So I was happy about that. Excuse me. Uh, so I was able to look at, you know, a couple of DVDs um, as long as my laptop battery lasts and, uh, you know, kind of got away with it then because not only did our power go out, of course, the Internet went out, but the data on my phone, I don't know what was going on. Maybe because everybody power was out. So everyone was using their cell phones. But the service was so crappy, like I could not get online. And I know these are all like, you know, first world problems. But I'm just sharing with you guys what I was dealing with for the past couple of days. So, hey, welcome to the Straight Out the Den podcast. If I haven't said that, I am last name good. If you're new and this is your first time listening, first off, thank you. Uh, for tuning in. Uh, but this week, man, very special guest. We sat down with the homie Faye. He he came down to the den. He ca he called where I, where I stay in the boonies. And uh, we actually got into a little bit too much information about where I stay just in case people want to try to find out where I'm at. But nevertheless, very dope conversation that we had. Uh, we got into everything from family, uh, finances, Faye Fridays, the, the the resurgence of, of what's now E and Faye Fridays. We talked about his mom. We talked about his merch. We talked about everything. And it really was a dope conversation and long time coming. Uh, we even get into how me and him initially met and all of that good stuff. So super dope episode. Uh, before I get into anything else, I forgot to tell you guys, I have dates, dates. I got to make sure I mention the dates. Uh, Paid in America tour, it continues like so. And also in conjunction with nothing but time tour with the homies AJ and Div uh we're, we're hitting the road so September 15th we're in Kansas City Missouri at the riot room September 17th we're in Indianapolis at the Hoosier Dome uh September 20th we're in Athens Georgia at Go Bar September 21st we're in Lafayette Louisiana at the Office Bar September 23rd we're in New Orleans Louisiana at Peach Records uh October 1st we're in New York City at Nabe Harlem and October 14th, we're back in Atlanta at Apache Cafe. So uh, those are the dates for now. Uh, we did have a St. Louis date on the 16th. That show uh, was moved, so we don't know when we're going back. Um, but we do plan to stop in St. Louis anyway since we're going to be up there in the area. So if we, you know, maybe I got some interviews, anything like that. So if any of our listeners here... If you're from St. Louis, Kansas City, um, Indianapolis, anybody in that area, let, hit me up. You can call me on, on my cell, uh, 678-872-2227. Uh, you can email me. However you feel comfortable connecting with us, do that and let me know. We want to connect with you while we're there. Uh, and like I said, we, we're going to be there for a couple of days. It's going to be a nice little run, man. But I'm going to tell you about what I have to do. This is going to be crazy, right? So I forgot to mention that on uh, September 22nd, we have sundresses and sangria straight out to Den present sundresses and sangria. So anyone who's been to this show know that it is an experience. We have 
plenty of beautiful women in sundresses showing up. We have plenty, an abundance of sangria. It's only $5 all night. And most importantly, we have R&B playing all night, courtesy of DJ Five Me Up and myself. So if you're in the Atlanta area, September 22nd, we need to make sure that you're in the building at the music room now. If you need tickets, the easiest way to do so, you can go to sundressesandsangria.com right now, all spelled correctly. Get your discounted tickets. They're only five bucks. Um, that's the discounted rate. Now, those there's a limited supply of those, too. So once they're gone, the prices will go up. Hint, hint. Go ahead and get your ticket now. That's just me to you. Everybody else doesn't know that. You know that since you're listening to the podcast. So I'm just telling you that now. Um, and I know a couple of people might be thinking like, hold on, uh, I thought you said that you were going to be in Louisiana on the 21st and uh, New Orleans, Louisiana on the 23rd. Yes, I am. I have a crazy travel schedule. I might be grumpy during that time period. So if you see me and I don't smile, trust me, it's not because I don't like you. It's probably just because I'm tired. Uh, so the plan is there's a show in Lafayette on the 21st at night. Waking up in the morning, driving uh, to New Orleans, catch a flight, come back here to Atlanta, do sundresses and sangria on the 22nd at night. Wake up the next morning, hit the flight back to New Orleans. Actually, the flight to New Orleans is like midday, but um, get back in New Orleans just in time to do another show. And then we get, you know, the pleasure of hitting the road and driving back here. Um, no, actually, we're going to New York. I'm tripping. Yeah, so uh, it's going to be crazy. It, it's a crazy travel schedule, um, but I'm not complaining. I'm just letting you know, if you see me during that time period and I seem to be frustrated, mad, or whatever, it's just the travel. It's not you. I'm just a precursor. I'm letting you guys know that up front. So that's it. No sponsor for today's podcast. Uh, if you want to be a sponsor, you know how to connect with me. You know how to reach out. Uh, we can make you a sponsor of the podcast if it makes sense. If it doesn't, then we're just going to keep, you know, with our other uh, sponsors. It's no big deal. But we do want to give independent companies an opportunity to be sponsors on this podcast. So if you want to do that, the best way to do so is just reach out via email or via text 678-872-2227. Also, if you're listening to this podcast, however you listen to it, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, blah, 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 anywhere, uh, feel free to subscribe, rate, and review. We need you to do those things because once you do those things, other people hear about the podcast, we become more popular, then more people listen more people listen, the better we can give content to you guys more frequently. We can start doing some bonus content, but we got to get more people listening in order to do those things for it to make sense. Right now, it doesn't make sense. So um, soon it will. And, and in order to do that, we just need help from you guys. So uh, thank you, all of you, my loyal listeners. Uh, you guys have been around for a long time. Even you've seen this podcast take many shapes, forms, and sizes. So I really appreciate you. I don't want to act like you don't exist. You are the reason that we're still able to consistently do this podcast. So thank you. Um, and, and by the way, if you're a day one supporter, do me a huge favor right now. Hit me up as soon as you hear this. Text me and let me know. Just say day one. Text me day one. I got something special for you. I might even, you know, randomly select somebody and give away a, a care package or something. But if you if you listen to this right now, you're one of the day one supporters of the Straight Out the Damn podcast. Text me right now. 678-872-2227. Text day one. That's all you got to do. Text day one and I'm going to randomly choose somebody and I'm going to send you a, a care package, you know, some merch, basically. OK, I, I said I'm seeing some merch, but that's what you got to do. Just text me six, seven, eight, eight, seven, two, 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 seven. Don't say you don't know the number because I've said it like five times already. So uh, that's it. We get into the conversation with the homie Faye. It's a dope podcast. Uh, super dope conversation. This guy is great. He's a genius. 
Faye Fridays, actually Ian Faye Fridays dropping tomorrow. You're listening to this on Thursday. New record drops tomorrow from Faye. So uh, make sure you check that out. But here's the episode. Hey, what's going on, people? It's Last Name Good of the Straight Out the Damn Podcast, man. Today, very special guest in the building. Shit. Long time overdue. Met this guy. Hmm, when was that show, man? That was like around Christmas last year, I think. Yeah, the the flyer looked like Christmas. Yeah, yeah, looked it, like Christmas. On it, it. It, it, it very much so felt like Christmas, man. Um, first time meeting you in person at that show. Yeah. I think that was might have been the like in a couple of weeks prior to that show. That was the first time I actually heard the music, and everything connected. And now we have you here in the den, man. Everybody, help me welcome the homie fade to the show man how you doing welcome to the podcast i'm, I'm blessed bro i'm i'm proud to be here on camp creek the bougie side oh man the bougie side of camp creek the bougie side of camp creek he just low-key told everybody where i stay and it's cool because y'all don't know where i stay at and you'll never know unless you yeah. came here for a podcast camp creek is big now it is don't, it is i mean y'all call it bant Creek? <laughs> no i call it camp creek okay just make it sure <laughs> i don't I'm not too familiar with the area, but no, no, no. I, I mean, I don't know. Like this, um, for me, it's cool. I, I I'm enjoying Camp Creek and, and everything that that it is. Uh, but enough about Camp Creek. This okay. here is about Faye. Faye, you are from the east side of town, right? Yes, sir. East side Atlanta. East side Atlanta. Now, when I hit Faye up, he said I was in the boonies. So that told me you were either in Stone Mountain somewhere. <laughs> Um, a lot on you. Which side? Where, where were you? Glenwood Road. Oh man, you went far at all, man. You that just shit, that <laughs> shit was a little far. I just moved to Glenwood. My parents mm -hmm. are more, more so like by the North DeKalb area. I don't okay. Even know if they okay. Yeah, yeah. Consider that um, East Side, but it is near the Clarkston Stone Mountain gotcha. area. Gotcha. East Side has just been. It's just. It's just cool to rep the East Side, I guess. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I think when I first got here, man, like I was born in Atlanta, but I was raised in Macon, about an hour away from here. But uh, when I came up here for school, Georgia State, shout out to Georgia State. I graduated uh, from Georgia State, shout out to the, to the alma mater. You ain't know that? Hold on. No, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. You ain't know that? I, maybe I knew that. Look me up, bro. Bro, Georgia Valedic State. Valedictorian. Turn around and look in the corner right there. On my mama. See those cups over there, man? Oh, shit. This guy's a, <laughs> guy's a Georgia State veteran. He got the old school cups. I got the old school cups in here, man. Georgia State. I actually got the mouse pad in here somewhere. I was looking for it. I don't know what happened to it, man. But, yeah, Georgia State alum, bro. So, now this interview's got to take a whole nother turn. Because randomly, like, and I don't say this a lot, ahead. but randomly, I was, le like, legitimately the, the valedictorian of Georgia State University. That's dope. With a 4.21 randomly. I'm not the smartest motherfucker. I'm just, I just know how to... So how, how did this happen? Let's get let's talk about it. I mean, Don, <laughs> I want to get my my degrees revoked. I studied hard. So you study hard. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> you say you study I hard. I studied hard. I studied well, man. What you was the major? What, what was the major? Uh, sociology. Sociology. Okay, gotcha, I, gotcha. I, I was doing business at first, and mm -hmm. I took an accounting class. I was like, what? I can't do four years of this shit. So oh, I yeah. walked in, walked into um, what are they call the. Um, I walked into the business office and I was right. like, what, what do football players take? <laughs> they told me, usually sociology or psychology. I said, give me, give me that one. I didn't even know what the hell sociology was before I took it, but now I'm well versed in right, right. social issues. And now I'm here on this podcast with you. It's crazy as what does the uh, football player, because ironically, that is a lot of truth in that statement. There's a lot of truth in that statement. Man, yeah, Georgia State accounting, anybody that's taking accounting at Georgia State knows that 
you're not going to be a business major unless you can pass that class. It is what it is. I feel like I could have. I just did. I, I It was numbers, and I was like, four years of this shit going to kill me. Right, right. Yeah. Now, I got you, man. So, like, Georgia State University valedictorian, man. Let's go back into the story, right? So, before you get to Georgia State. Now, those that have followed your story just a little bit know that, like, your your biggest thing, you, you, you talk about, like, being from immigrant parents. And yeah. That's your, that's your storyline. And yeah you know, success, a success story from mm-hmm. there. So, like, how do we get to even get to Georgia State? Coming up, grew in, and you grew up all in Atlanta, right? Is I, that... I, I grew up in Chicago. Chicago. I moved when I was 11. I think it was in 2000. Okay. Uh, moved to, for I first moved to Marietta, actually. Like okay. Like, really okay. rural area, especially compared to Chicago. I thought that was the boonies, and mm-hmm. it is. But uh, then um, eight, nine years ago, I moved to the east side, and it's been my greatest experience thus mm. far in Atlanta. So where did the the hip hop first come into play at? at? Around what age? Or music in general, maybe not even be hip hop. Like when did music come into play for you? Um, man, my dad was always playing this like old school rock shit in the mm. house, like Bob Dylan and and even funk, like, like you know, tempta- uh, Temptations. Mm-hmm. Um, Ray Charles, mm. he was he he moved here when he was in the seventies. You know what I'm saying? Okay, okay. And you know what I'm saying? Back then, it was hippies and everybody was listening to that shit, like the make love, mm-hmm. not war shit. And right, right, right. So that was a really big influence on me. Um, and then just growing up, my sister was a huge fan of like TLC. I remember listening to. Uh, Jason Waterfalls. Is okay. it is it Chasing Waterfalls? Ch- chasing. <laughs> the motherfucker said Jason, Jason. Waterfalls. What an Chasing Waterfalls. Chasing no, Waterfalls. Yeah, I, but when, when I, I was younger, I knew what you were talking about. I when say I, when I was younger, I was like, who's who is Jason Waterfalls? So <laughs> I grew up listening to them and and Mace and Diddy. And, okay, okay. And and these guys. Um, growing up in uh, in Marietta, I had neighbors who were from Boston and New York. Mm. So they really put me on Dipset, and I was like the biggest killer cam, like. Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. That rhyme scheme that don't really mean shit, but it's so player for some reason, man. Cam had something special, man. Like, the word play, and, and you're right. A lot of this stuff, it was kind of like, when you go back and listen to it, it wasn't, I think it was like the boldness of the way that he was rapping at the time. You know what I mean? It and, was like, I'm going to say I'm gonna say some shit. It's not the most intricate, but mm-hmm. I'm going to mean it, and I feel it. And right. Then, the and you're whole, gonna feel it. Yeah, the whole pink Range Rover and the whole pink Margella. Right, right. Um, and the the you know what I'm saying the the jacket or whatever, mm-hmm. like the chinchilla shit. Like, it, that's amazing to me. Like, I'm looking at what um name Two Chains doing right now with the pink. You know, like the he's wearing trap. a lot of pink and trap trap the pink trap house and all that. And I think about it because like I that Rockefeller era of Cam and Dipset and all that. Like I remember that like clear. And I remember Cam having the pink range and the, the pink mink and, and just started wearing pink. And at that time, I was at Georgia State. And mm-hmm. that's when you just started seeing all the white tall tees go to pink. And then, like, you started seeing stores like Foot Action and Finish Line start selling pink tees. And I'm like, man, Cam missed the opportunity to make some money. He could have, like, really took advantage of that whole thing because he had everybody wearing pink. You know what I mean? So I remember that time. You took me back to Jen saying that. I was like, Two Chain said, my favorite rapper drove a pink truck. Killer. He Killer. was talking about Killer Cam. There you go. So I feel like Two Chains is definitely 
Um, they both have that same wit and that mm-hmm. same charisma. So if anybody's gonna bring back the pink shit, it's gonna be it's gonna be changed. Gotcha. So we here now. You 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 made your way here to Atlanta, man. You're on the east side. You're like around maybe twelve or thirteen at this point. You listen to all of these different things, all this music, the Mace and, and the Cams and all of that. At what point did you decide that, man? I think I can do this myself. Uh, my homie and Marietta bought. He was like, he's an experimental motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Um, he bought like a, a a mic. This was mm-hmm. before like this was before you know what I'm saying <laughs> laptops and shit like that. This was like it was 2008, uh, not even eight, 2004, 2000, mm. and he bought a mic and he was doing beats on Fruity Loops and shit. And he was like, I need someone to rap. Mm. And that was my ass. <laughs> and so I started rapping and it was fucking horrible. I was going to ask, do you remember the first rap? I do. And it's it's very, very cringeworthy. <laughs> I want to, okay. It's like, it's, it's very cringeworthy. It's very, um, it's, it's very shucky and jivey-ish. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I was trying to play on the fact that I was Middle Eastern. So um, I'm sitting there like, you know what I'm saying? You guys think I'm Saddam and da 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 Oh, so you, you were playing like, on the, okay. I was okay. playing on the whole, that, that whole stereotype and bombing shit and mm-hmm. like, but like in a metaphoric, I don't know, shit was corny as fuck. Though. Right, right. So let me ask you this though. At the time, did you know it was corny? Or did you kind of just like? Nah, man, I thought I was—I thought I was Killer Cam, bro. Right, right. Like I literally was talking about the nines and gats. I thought I was Killer Cam. I thought this shit was cool. He—he made it sound so graceful. He made Mm -hmm. violence and shit sound so graceful and so dope. But all he was doing was being, you know, what I'm saying, a news reporter in his neighborhood, right, right, reporting what was going on. You know what I'm saying? So, at what point did you decide that? Okay, I can't do this. This is what everyone else is doing. How did you frame it to, to start telling your story? Where did that come into play? Um, I had a, I met a, um, this, this refu- uh, refugee, his name is Saval Kelly. He's actually a resident now mm-hmm. at Emory. And um, he was a producer too. And he had like Timbo-esque beats, like with the Congos and different Oh, right, drums. right, and, right. Um, we kind of built our brand on more so, and not to... And, and looking back on it, in hindsight, it's like, you know, we're, the, the music sounded ethnic, but the story wasn't there. That makes sense? Okay. Yeah. And then we kind of went our separate ways. And, um, you know, I graduated college and then uh, took a couple years off and started, uh, my mental health was, was not really that well. Like, I never mm. really been depressed before. And I think um, just that whole, that average nine to five grind was really wearing on me. And I wasn't doing any music. Mm. Um, and then um, I was trying everything to get better and not no drugs or nothing but right, like, right. you know what I'm saying just trying to exercise trying to do certain things and nothing worked and uh, got back into the music thing um, the Faith Friday thing it started off as like kind of a it was therapy at first mm. and people started catching on real quick because before we were doing it for two three years and you know you got a couple homies that are like yo that shit's tight and then when I came back and I not really reinvented myself. I came back and told my truth. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy because the the less I cared, and not about the craft or the quality, but the less I cared about, is this going to sound right or should right. I write this? First thing that came to mind, and it's still still the formula now, first thing that comes to mind, write it. I worry about the shit later. Right, right. So it's the uh, from what you're saying, it sounds like 
number one, you allowed yourself to be vulnerable uh, during that that time. But you also mentioned therapy, and I know therapy and mental health is, is one of those things that, especially in hip hop, people don't like to really dive into too much. I don't know if it's just like worrying about what other people think. Uh, you know, it's like, or you know, at some point you have to navigate through that truth and find out like man i'm dealing with a, a lot and this is my vehicle so i'm gonna put you know i'm gonna put it into into my music uh that moment for you man do you remember those dark times of of trying to get through and uh, is there music that happened during those dark times that you necessarily don't appreciate now uh i can't i can't listen to lord please uh the same it just the shit this is memories like literally hurt like not on some like crazy deep shit but like you think about it and that shit hurts mm. so uh, there's certain songs that i can't listen to um um the record about my my fiance's uh dad who was incarcerated can't really listen to those records anymore um not because they're not because the quality is off it's just because of the, the content matter and i knew at that point um I was doing something right. Because there's some people who have told me, I love, you know, saying the record about, you know, Robert Kennedy or whatever, mm -hmm. but my dad or my uncle went through the same shit and I can't listen to it. Mm. So when somebody tells you that, are you doing something right or are you doing something wrong? Like it's, it's, right, all, right, it's right. all perspective. Yeah. That's, a, um, that's an interesting point too, though, man, just to know like, excuse me, that moment when you realize like, Oh wow, I'm affecting people. Yeah. Like I'm really affecting people. And it goes from being a quote unquote rapper to like, oh no, this is really real. Like when yeah. I have strangers, these people don't know me for nothing. And they're saying, like, no, bro, like that record touched me in a certain type of way. What does what does that do? Number one for your psyche, as you know, you're saying you're going through these things mentally and, and your mental health. What does that do, does for your psyche? But also, like, does it does it touch you to a point where you feel like, man, I really have a responsibility now? Um. Yeah, yeah, it definitely does. Like, you know, there's people who look up to you. There's people where you don't know, man, like this mental health shit is real, especially mm -hmm. in minority communities. Right. We don't we don't talk about it. We don't. It's one of those things like, yo, go pray. You know what I'm saying? Right, Go find right. God again. And you're going to be all right. And I, I don't disagree with that. I think I think uh, religion and spirituality is very important mm -hmm. in, in that process. But at the same time, you have to actively do things that work. The, the mind is is more than just a, pray, a prayer. Right. You know right. what I'm saying? If you pray for a million dollars right now and just sit your ass, you know what I'm saying, in your <laughs> right. room, what, what's going to happen? You're not going to get that million. You're not. So right. You, you know, if you, if you pray about it and actively do something, it's a saying in Arabic. It's... Um, Pray, uh, tie your camel mm -hmm. and pray. So, like, if you don't want your camel to run away, tie it down. Do, you, yeah, you got to do, do the work. Do what you got to do in this world, tie it down, and then pray. Right. You know what I'm right. saying? So, um, it goes something like that. Hopefully, I didn't fuck it up. But no, no. Like that. I, I got you, man. And, and like, for me, I, I come from a, a Christian background, and like, so it's pretty much saying like faith without works is dead. Yeah. And yeah, it's saying yeah. like you you got to put in the work, yeah. regardless. You know, and and. Yeah. It's amazing to me that, you know, you, you have these conversations with people that feel like it's just supposed to come. Like, oh, I'm going to pray, I'm going to pray, I'm going to pray. And I'm just going to trust in God, I'm going to trust in, and, and it's just going to happen. It's like, 
yeah, I mean, you you know, you can ask for a car, but are you going to go to work to make the money to pay for it? Or, like, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, what? you got to do something. Or you, even something as simple as, like, all right, are you just going to walk down to the dealership and get the car? Yeah. Or are you, are you gonna just going to wait for them to break it to you? You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, yeah I, I get I, I relate to that, like, a lot. Mm-hmm. I relate to that a lot, man. Um, so kind of walking down, you know, going through the story um, here, and we're trying to – I want to catch up everything even before we get to Faith Fridays. But yeah, you, yeah. You you say you start this this series and, and is what what's the intent? The intent it? when you initially the, the, started. The intent it. is totally selfish. It's for me. Okay. You, you know, like you know, releasing the records on SoundCloud. I've been had a SoundCloud for a year and eight eight months now. Mm-hmm. now. Less than two years, and I've been rapping for you know, what I'm saying eight if you combine the the, the time span. So you know, um, I dropped the first record. It was pop it off. Didn't really have. It didn't really have like any type of story or meaning. Mm-hmm. It was just me getting back into it. And, you know, plays started coming in, two, three hundred, getting excited. Whoa, people are listening. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Even those three, four hundred plays. Fast forward three, four, five, six weeks, blogs start covering it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Y'all, y'all start covering it. You got G Mad, um, good music all day covering stuff. And people just, you know, SoundCloud is such a such a community it is it is the right people repost your shit you you can you can you can easily gather 50 60 70 thousand plays mm-hmm. and um you know shouts to um audio mac mm-hmm. they trend every record on all genres and they used to be connected to soundcloud so those co- oh those, yeah yeah so, i remember that so those views would combine they right. don't do it anymore but um those views would combine and and that's kind of what it's literally consistency mm. You, you realize, I feel like a lot of people quit way too early. You know I, I was going to say, I was going to say that. Yeah. A marathon <laughs> for anybody listening. This shit right. is a marathon and honestly it's going to come down to the last man standing. It's going to come down right. to who has the most stamina and who could, who could weather the storm whenever the momentum is not necessarily there. Cause mm-hmm. it's easy as an artist. And I'm sure you could relate. It's easy to get down when you don't have momentum. It's easy to be like, man, fuck this shit, man. Right. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Literally. Yeah. But yeah. but when when you actually have that momentum and and, and you keep going and keep going, because person on the right, there was it's like college at the mm-hmm. orientation. They say, okay. look to the person to the right of you and look to the person <laughs> to the left of you. Only one, one of y'all, y'all is gonna, gonna graduate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's and and that's how this this shit is. It's y'all. the same. Of course, of course, I mean, you don't even have to be the most skilled anymore. Let's mm-hmm. let's keep it real. You don't. You know what I'm saying? This is true. You just have to be consistent. You got to want it 100%. And you have to, you know what I'm saying? You have to weather the storm when shit gets, when shit gets dark. I, I think this might be the name of this podcast, Weather the Storm. Jeez. I like. I like that. Weather the Storm. Oh. Yeah. D- don't let me forget that. Please don't weather let me forget the storm. that. Weather I'll the make, Storm. I'll make sure you remember. Yeah. But um, you you saying that, man, There there's so much truth in that statement because like you, you know, artists do tend to quit way too early. Too early. And I know a lot of it has, like, okay, for me, like I told you before we started recording, like I'm 33, I've also been around the music industry for a while, so it's kind of like, I know what, it's, what it felt like to have b- big budgets and being able to do pretty much whatever you want to do, you know, do $200,000 videos. I know what that life feels like. I also know what the life feels like when you don't have anything and you're trying to make it work. And so the challenge for me is is recognizing that, you know what? It ain't the same. 
you know, you got to figure it out. I think the beauty of now, like, you know, some of the, the younger artists, like 16, 17, and 18, this is all they know. All they know is, like, mom, buy me a laptop. I'm going to create it myself, and I'm going to put it on the internet. That's all they know. We ain't had that shit growing up. You know what I'm saying? And, and we're not even that far off from them. Mm -hmm. You know? we This MacBook Air shit with the logic, I, I got my hands on that three, four years ago. We used to run shit on de desktops, man, mm -hmm. with it freezing and da -da -da. <laughs> shit real, dog. Right, right. So seeing these kids make this music and the way they're making it is so inspiring, bro. Like, yeah, it's, it's, absolutely. It's amazing. I think I think that new wave is amazing, you know, for what it is. Right, A lot of people right. are like, oh, they just saying whatever. No, there's, there's art in everything that you're hearing right now. Absolutely, like, absolutely. So tell me this. With that, you know, you're consistently putting out these records. How how many weeks did you put out um, a rep? Was it like Faith Friday was something every week? How how long did you do that? It was 16 weeks, essentially. 16 weeks. At what point during those 16 weeks did you start to see like, hmm, this is actually working out? Around what time? And do you remember the record? I remember the record. It was Lord Please. And that okay. was the shifting point. I got um, Lord Please, for people who don't know, who haven't heard it, it's the same beat as Juke Jam. Mm. Um, I leased the beat from a producer named Rasco. I think he's out in Germany. And um, I didn't buy it. And a lot of people don't, you know, they're like, man, I'm gonna lease it and I'm gonna put it out. If you can, if you have the money, buy the buy beat. The beat right. Because, you know what I'm saying, the biggest fucking pop star of our generation would probably, you know, could get on it. And that was very unlikely, but mm -hmm. Justin Bieber was on that record. And I'm like, you for real, dog? Yeah. Every record on this album, y'all got Justin Bieber? <laughs> That, it, it was kind of fucked up, but I mean, but I don't have anybody to blame but myself because you had the opportunity to buy it because it was, you know, I'll just figuratively give you a, a number like, okay, it's 200 at least 1500. I mean, the, the, the margin is wide. Don't mm -hmm. get it. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? It's not like it's 200 at least 300 to buy. Like, right. Right. It's a wide margin, but it's worth it at the end of the day. Cause mm -hmm. if I would have bought it, I don't give a fuck if, if Michael Jackson, rest in peace came back. He, can't do anything can't with do it. it yeah yeah so. you're right you're right and that 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 is something man because i know at the time um sound click was was popular at, at, at one point and you know you have that you have it and you know there's so many beats that are out there now production is not you know it's just like rapping like it's a lot of producers a lot of rappers and you know the idea of of sound click was genius from a producer standpoint to make the money and, and do that but you run into situations like you where you create this record and this record pops for you mm -hmm. and now it's like you try to go back and do the due diligence like yeah man we already sold it the beat is gone yeah. you know it's gone so what do, what do you do you know yeah so so to continue that um yo he's a, an amazing writer at, at dj Blue shout out to yo yeah yeah yo, yeah yo is literally the goat in my eyes in yeah, terms yeah. of writing yo um, yo is super dope I, i've we still, we're going to try, we're trying to set up an interview with him, man. Uh, we're going to make it happen. But yeah, yo, I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm yeah. going to get yo here. I, I promise that. Please do that. Y'all got it on record. Yeah. Anyway, um, so yo writes, you know, he, he writes the um, article about, uh, you know, buy instead of a mm -hmm. lease or or the the dangers of leasing. Mm -hmm. And he put my record up there. Mm. And um, I sent the record to him like a year before Juke Jam came out. And he had the tweet still, so he puts it on the thing. And he was like, yo, I remember this record. Mm. And he sent it to me, and it touched my soul this way. But it's literally, no matter how good the record is, if the platform is bigger, Chance's song is always going to be the original. Yeah. 
no matter what. Yeah. And and I'm fine with that because I messed up and it's just a learning process. But that gave the record. So, so talk about putting a mm -hmm. situation where you, you know what I'm saying, where the momentum's about to stop for you and you flipping it, you know what I'm saying, thank God for yo and the guys, mm -hmm. the good guys at DJ Booth for, you know, wanting to tell the story. Right, they right. flipped it and Lord, please start getting hits. You know, some people are like, yo, you know, I prefer this one over the original one. Mm -hmm. da, 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 da. And that's when shit turned for me. So uh, a po in short, a post from DJ Booth did it switched it could switch your trajectory. Yeah, like, I were you know that record. Um, I'm glad you shared that story because the whole time I just thought like, oh, you just ripped the instrumental and just rapped over it. Like I didn't, I didn't know that it was. I got something. the track outs on Logic. I yeah. can show them to you. I could show you the emails. My dumbass just. Uh, <laughs> My dumbass leased it and didn't buy it. And and yeah. that's one of the main things growing up that my dad said, we came to this country to own and buy things. Mm. If you lease it, you know what I'm saying, you in trouble. And that was my fault. I didn't take those life lessons. Man, you know, speak of those life lessons, man, and, and you know, being um, first-born immigrant parents. And, and your dad gave you some, some very important principles early on. It's like, we're here to buy. And buy and own and, and just learning the importance of that at an early age man that's something that i know we don't talk about a lot like especially like minorities just we just don't talk about it we don't talk about ownership and the importance of ownership we we rather stunt for the time being and then give that shit back man that is mm. we guilty of it too bro that that's so deep what you just said stunt for the time being and then you got to give it back man that, at least at least yeah. people seen you with it right I, I, man i get it i get it 100 like all right you pulled up here i, I drive a four tours yeah that's my car outside. i drove i drive a corolla i have so many people and i have issues with that car all the time bro but and like people tell me like man why don't you just get a new car can i afford to get a new car yeah i can but that car out is paid for i don't owe anything on it when it breaks i take it to the shop i spend a little money I come back, I'm done with it. You know what I mean? And, and so, you know, I have these conversations with people. It's like, man, why don't you just get a new car? And I'm like, bro, like, you know what? Until that car costs way too much for me to, to repair, where it makes sense to get a new car, I'm not going to get a new car. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't care. The perception is that I'm riding a Taurus. I don't care what you think about me. I don't care. I've got yeah. another goal in mind. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. I, get, I get exactly what you're saying, man. That, that's something that your father put in you early that, it's a beautiful conversation to have that has to continue to go on, you know? It is, and I didn't, if, if my dad knew this story, mm. he slapped the shit out of me, dog. Mm. Like, backhanded, not even front. Like, yeah. you, you ain't even worth the slap. Mm. Like, these are one of the things, as an immigrant, um, your parents don't really care about your feelings, they care about your security. Mm. Like, and, and that's one thing I realized. They're not, my parents don't, didn't, you know, growing up, they were the greatest parents, but they didn't really say, how are you? How are you doing? Mm -hmm. How is your mental health doing? How how are you as a person doing? It was, you getting good grades? All right, cool, you do this, you apply for this job. Mm -hmm. You know, why are you doing this music thing? It's not it's not secure. You're not going, so they're they're more concerned with their, they, they attribute financial security to a happy lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that trajectory has changed, you know what I'm saying, especially with this, you know, you got second generation Americans, you know, being born now and mm -hmm. third, I think, um, the pursuit of happiness is is the main thing right now because absolutely i ain't i ain't never been broker in my life but 
mm-hmm. I'm the happiest I've been. Right, right. And, and when I say broke, thank God I have enough to, you know, yeah. I have enough to live and get by and do the shit I want to do. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying broke isn't homeless. I don't want people to think that, God forbid. But I'm saying, like, I was making, there was one point where I was making a lot more money than I'm making right now. Mm-hmm. But when you compare it, the mental state and the happiness is absolutely. I, I choose this shit yeah. 12 out of 10 times. Man, hey, <clears throat> what you're saying is like so important though, because I too, like, you know, my parents, my mom went to like junior college for a little bit, and my dad, my dad has owned his own company since he's been like 18 years old, right? So he's, uh, that's what I saw growing up. So I've always wanted to own my own business. That's just, I, I saw that. So that's what I wanted to do. However, they both pushed college. And more so my mom. My mom really pushed college. And, and you know, I thought about this it. because, you know, they didn't they didn't go. So it's like, you know, parents always want better for their kids. And truth be told, I knew what I wanted to do ever since I was 14. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I've knew, known what I wanted to do. and But I still went to college. And I don't regret it because I made some lifelong, like, friendships. And I was able to accomplish some things while I was there. But if I just had the will and the the know-how to just like, you know what, when I turned 14 and I said, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life, just go hard Mm -hmm. at 14. Like, just go hard. You know what I mean? And and it's like... It is so much easier said than done, man, because you don't understand the impact your parents' opinion on you affects you. Absolutely. You could say all you want. I don't give a fuck about what nobody Mm -hmm. thinks about me. But there's some words that my mom has said that don't, do not leave, bro. Mm. They don't leave. And it's like, am I doing the right thing? But it all comes down to security in yourself and knowing that, you know, if you truly 100% believe in it and it makes you happy, I feel like you should go for it. 14, 13, 35. Mm -hmm. Quit the shit you're doing that makes you unhappy and and do the shit that's really going to bring a smile to your face. Of course, you know what I'm saying? I don't want people to sit there and quit their jobs. Like, (laughs) you know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? You still got a lot of shit that you got to pay for. But I'm saying, you know, it's a balance. It is a balance, and no, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm definitely with you because we get caught up in the, the pursuit of things we want and forget about some of the things we need. But in that, okay, so prime example, what you said, like, you know, you're not telling people to quit their jobs because you still have stuff that you need to do. Yeah. Right? However, and I'm, I'm, I throw myself up under the bus because I don't want people to feel bad, so I throw myself up under the bus. I'm almost done paying for student loans, right? That's beautiful. I graduated in 2006. It's 11 years. That's horrible. You hear me? 11 years of my life I've been spending trying to pay off somebody. And the only reason why I got student loans is because I didn't keep my scholarship. Should have studied. Right. It's choices. It's all about choices, right? And so I, I have these conversations with people, and they'll, they'll say, like, oh, man, I can't quit this job now because I got, I got a mortgage. I got, like, I got this bmw outside i got all of these things and i was like well you know you made the choice to get all of those things like that's all you you made that choice to get them every choice you make could put you deeper in a hole absolutely so absolutely i try i'm scared of commitment um and that goes for credit cards Mm -hmm. debit cards and signing off 15 30 year mortgages Mm -hmm. fuck all that bro i need that i'll do what i have to do i need that in cash so that if i go buy a house I go buy cards like, "Lo, here's the money. Don't talk to me ever again. Take it." Right. You know what I'm saying? So no, cash is good, man. My accounting is. teacher told me that. It is. Cash and, is good. And for people who still who don't have that debt, and for people who have student loans, it's fine. You could get out of that. Right. You know right. What I'm saying? right. There's Absolutely. ways to get out of that, but 
for people with student loans, just remember that, you know what I'm saying, you got to ask yourself, is is this worth more than being in debt? Mm -hmm. And uh, oftentimes the, the answer is no. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, you eighty thousand dollars in debt, and you get a fucking starter position for what forty three thousand now. If you're lucky. If you're lucky, and, yeah, and it's and probably more so thirty. <laughs> for real. I said forty three because I'm trying to be nice. <laughs> Try to be nice, yeah. But um, yeah. eleven years is a great fee, even though it took that long. There's some people who never pay that shit off. Oh yeah, no, they I, will I, die I, with that debt. Absolutely. And remember, it costs money to die too. People, people, if you die. <laughs> It will cost a lot of money. Ten, it will. It will. It cost at least ten grand. Got to buy a yeah. good headstone and stuff like that. I don't know, dog. It's a lot of shit that don't make sense to me. But it doesn't. It doesn't. But uh, you did and uh, get life insurance, people. If y'all don't just just get life insurance, it'll yo, cost this, you like five to ten dollars. This is a financial po podcast. <laughs> what do you it. mean, dog? <laughs> Fuck a fade. Hey, we talking hey, about we, we talking about finances right finances now. Finances is real life stuff though. You know what I mean? It's real life this stuff. This some wake up now shit, dog. We got to do it no. because like no, but seriously though, <laughs> think about it. It's small things like this that we do that helps the next generation, right? It can help the next person that say, "Man, I want to I want to have a career in music." All right, do the small things now. So mean like don't make those commitments to credit cards. Don't make those commitments to student loans. Don't make those commitments to mortgage payments. Live small. Funnel all the money that you're making from the job that you hate into your business. And then when you're able to stop working your job because your business is caught up, chuck the deuces. That's it. <laughs> you know what I mean? You do ain't got to do. You ain't got credit card. I know people who left the country because credit card billers will keep calling them. Mm. They left, bro. They was like, man, fuck this. I'm tired of people finding out my number and calling mm. me. Like, that's just, I know people like that, bro. And I never want to be a person like that. You always got to remember in life, you don't have to, I know a lot of people, they come from, from different backgrounds and they have different opportunities and stuff, but essentially you don't ever have to do anything you don't want to do. That's right. And I'm not saying if you're a baby daddy and stuff like that, or you have a kid, take care of your kids. Don't feel me. I ain't trying to take care of that yeah, kid yeah, today because yeah. I don't want to do that <laughs> shit. You made that choice. You made that choice. So you take care of the kid. I'm talking about in life, you really don't, essentially, you don't have to do anything. Mm. I mean, you might die, but you know what I'm saying? What wakes, what wakes the average person up to go to work? You got to ask yourself that question. Yeah. What wakes you up to go to that job that you hate? It's probably... Poor choices you made in like in the in, in the past. More than likely, it's the poor choices you made in the past. Because now you feel like I have to get money to pay this stuff. Or it might, you know, it might even be family. Like I know people that hustle hard. Just you know, in your situation, your parents came and they hustle hard just so you can have a better life. You know what I mean? And thank God for them. Right. Right. Thank, yeah. Thank God for them. So I'm looking at the merch, and you know, you dig. I see it. You and, know the and fuck going on. I see it. And I know, well, how does that, well, I know what it translates to, but how do you say it in, in Arabic? It's mama in Arabic. It's it, okay, so it's saying, okay. So if I'm talking to my mom Arabic, I'll say mama. Okay, got and you. That's kind of how that, and it's um, in Arabic, and it's read from right to left. Mm -hmm. A lot of people think it says Lolo. Yeah, I mean. Uh, people come up to me and be like, that's it, Lolo. And I'm like, you know what I'm saying? If you're going to buy it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you can figure it out later on. Straight up. <laughs> Like, and, hey, I, man, and, and you, I'll man. tell you, I'll be like, and like, what does it mean? You know what I'm saying? It means anything you want it to. Yeah. <laughs> you got it for the low, low, dog. Like, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's whatever. Or mama or mm -hmm. whatever. If you, 
If you're going to buy it, it can mean whatever you want. Right, right. But it does mean mama, and it is a brand that shows love. I'm, people call me a mama's boy. Mm-hmm. Um, not your typical one that lifts, listens to everything the mom says, but I love my mom to death, and I do anything for her, and I represent her just like people represent sports teams. There you, you go. Know? You got the Braves on. I, I am a Braves fan, and we are sucking right now. It's okay. Oh, I don't want to get off on that. I'm sorry. Shout out to the Braves. Shout out to the Braves, man. 1995 champions. We need another one. It's wow. been too long. That man took oh, no. all the way No, back. I'm serious, man. We beat the Cleveland Indians in 1995 for the oh, championship. Oh, wow. He even yeah. remembers the team. Yeah, I can go through the lineup, but we don't have to do that. We'll, Chipper we'll, Jones was playing. Chipper Jones was definitely there. Yeah. That man like 70 right now. <laughs> He's retired. He's not 70. Nah, he it is 70. my favorite baseball like player ever, though, Chipper Jones. Atlanta Braves. Hey, shouts to you, man. Shouts to the new stadium. Oh, yeah. Central's Park, they getting money. They, those, yes, are, they are. those are people who don't have to wake up in the morning and go to work. Because there you, you know what? They got to the money. Early. And probably, you know, institutionalized racism has a lot to do with it. <laughs> it's some other things that we don't have to get. Did, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? But they got to the money. That's the, they definitely that's got the, to the only money. thing that... that that matters at the end of the they day. They definitely got to the money. They got to the money. So we, we were talking about um, the brand, the, the, brand, yeah. the brand, right? And this brand was created at what point during the um, Faye career? So I was dropping the Faye Fridays. I had no idea what the album was going to be called. Um, I heard a lot of references to my mom because she teaches me a lot of things, even indirectly. And uh, I was like, yo, what if I named the album Mama? Like, because it's, you know what I'm saying, have my mom narrate it. Like, that'd be dope, because all her narrate nar- narrations are candid. Mm-hmm. I just had a cell phone, and I would ask her random questions on a, any given day. First, she's like, why the fuck you asking me this? And then she would just talk. Yeah. And I'd take the best from them, and you know what I'm saying, and, and i put them into the album. And then um, I made the heart. I was like, yo, like, that heart, that iconic heart mm-hmm. that you see on cartoons with them tough guys that say mom, but they really soft on the inside. Right, right. So I based it all off that, and I put my spin on it. Instead of it saying mom in English, I put mama in Arabic because mm-hmm. that's where my roots trace back. And uh, it is. It is. So you de- you designed it. I designed yeah. this. Yeah, that's dope. That's dope, man. So um, it, it is one of those things that um catches your attention obviously yeah um and we can go into branding but you know one thing that's so important with branding you have to have something that people either want to be a part of or hate it so much that they talk about it you know it's, it's one, kind of one of the other thing and having something that's universal like a heart you see the heart and it's like okay you have my attention now now it's question time what is what's what's lola you mm-hmm. know what's lolo and what, what what is all this stuff so mm-hmm. yeah man i definitely important and i remember seeing that and everything that kind of went along with the the album itself uh from i don't know who i did as well as but the cartoon like the, the kid drawings and all of that of, of dude that is so genius that's me so that's genius funny. did you you drew it no no okay uh my guy Dwayne plains he's okay. actually the guy behind all my art Okay. And he's so intricate and yeah. it's so funny seeing him actually draw stick figures and make an album cover. Yeah. So this guy is like a highly skilled painter. You know what I'm saying? And he, Talented as hell. Does work for Uzi. You know right, what I'm saying? Right. Shouts to him. He's been really doing his thing. And I, I told him the idea. I was like, what if it was like a um a third third grade Mother's Day project thing? Right. He's like, I could do that. He's scribbling away. I'm like, how much I owe you, dog? He's like, I ain't do shit. But I still gave him money because he worth a lot. Right. Yeah. Right. That's dope. 
But I yeah, that, and and that's where the artwork comes from, like that cartoony. Mm-hmm. It takes you back to the childhood. Not right. all the music is lighthearted. A lot of Ian Faye is lighthearted on purpose because mm-hmm. that's where I am in life. Like you know what I'm saying? I like you know move some Amory joint. All these records that are talking about you know, the better things. They sound they sound like summer, mm-hmm. and and I feel like summer right now. So. You brought it up, and, and we'll, we talked about this off camera, but we can definitely bring it up now. So, um, Faye, I, you know, once I met him and, and heard the music, we, you know, we have been supporting him for a while, and I don't know what happened. I'm just going to attribute this to SoundCloud, but I just stopped seeing the work. I stopped seeing it. And, um, that shit hurts, dog. Like, <laughs> I feel it, dog. It just hurts. We, we stopped, we stopped posting the work, right? Stopped posting it. And it wasn't until this last on the A Marie joint mm-hmm. that I saw it. I was like, okay, I know who Faye is. And I wasn't familiar with the E and Faye. So you can talk about that in just a second too. Yeah. But I saw this and I was like, hold on. Like he, Faye Friday started back, uh, you know, and, and I, I started going and I noticed it was like, oh man, there's a whole playlist up. Like I've missed records for almost two or three months. You know what I mean? Two Sad, or three months. Dog. Yeah, yeah. It, it was bad. I had to apologize. I'm, I'm thinking, I'm <laughs> thinking, you know what I'm saying? I'm going through people who are posting and stuff like that. I'm like, man, what is straight out the damn probably don't fuck with me no more, yeah. dog. And and of course it's sad, but that's that's life. There's people who Right, you, right. Like, I don't expect everybody to love everything I drop. I love everything mm-hmm. I drop, and that's the only reason why I drop it. But if you don't, I, I there's there's people who have their go to records from Faith. Right, yeah, right. You're not gonna go through the whole discography and say I I'm in love with every single record. Mm-hmm. And, but there's some standout records for people that they're like, yo, I fuck with this heavy and I support. So, um, that's what it is, man. Yeah, I mean, and we're gonna blame it on SoundCloud, dog. <laughs> Everybody's blaming SoundCloud nowadays. Hey, might as well, right? But nevertheless, I found it, started it back up, um, and now that it's in my head, I'm, you know, we're, we're gonna make sure that we get it up every Friday. Heat, definitely. Heat. Talk about the records with a. That's how I say records. It's not record. a hit record if it's not a record. R e c k i d record. So explain what is the e and Faye? Fridays as opposed to just Faye, Faye Fridays. Fridays. So um, E and Faye is a playoff of E and J. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Okay. It, it gets you lit, basically. That's that irking jerk for people that don't know. It's the irking jerk. Um, I don't drink, so I just I just hear stories about. Uh, I've I've seen homies off E and J, and the shit's cheap, right? I but, want you to tell the story, then I'm gonna tell you my personal story. Tell the story first. Ain't ain't, ain't really <laughs> no stories though. I don't want to. I really don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to get to that, but it was a playoff of E and J. Uh, e and J is cheap. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? E and Faye is free, essentially. Mm-hmm. You could download every record on SoundCloud, right? Right. And right. it gets you lit. Um, I, I, get ju- it. I just made that shit up right now. It dog. sounded good. It wow. sounded good. It sounded good and prepared, actually. Nice. So I got to give it that to you. I got to give it to you. So I'm going to tell you my quick story about E and J, bro. Oh, man. I was at Georgia State University. Oh, man. Shout out to the homie B-Rob if you hear this, because you are the one that used to always get me drunk in college. It just used to happen. That was, that was, we just shared those times together. You Shout know what out saying? B-Rob, man. B-Rob in the building, man. So um, he's also the person that put me on Drake, but that's a whole nother conversation. Whoa. He definitely put me on Drake. And he put me on, he put me on Drake and Dat Piff at the same time. Whoa. Yeah, it was real. It was real. Comeback season, all of that at the same time. Shit. Yeah. But um, this guy's a real friend, bro. I, no, I like where this is going. No, he he's a real good friend, man. So um, 
one night we were in the dorms. I think we were headed to go somewhere to a Kappa party, actually. And um, shout out to the Kappa. Shout, shout out, out to, to Dom. Shout out to the um, the shoulder shrug. They be shrugging yeah. and shit. I don't know what they be doing, yeah, yeah. but shout out to you. Absolutely. And so we, um, you know, we're, we're just we're sitting around drinking, and there's some V8 splash the juice part with um, I don't know. There was some kind of drink that was made over here. So was drinking that, and I was chasing the E and J with that. And at some point, I think that I probably had went through probably 75% of a bottle of V&J. Shit. Don't tell me why I was doing it. So what, who, what were you running from? I don't know what I was running from. Obviously, I was running from myself or something. Something was going on at this time. And so we get to this party. All I remember is sitting down on the sofa and my homeboy was like, dude, like you were just throwing up everywhere. It was, it was, it was bad. It was a bad moment. And to this day, I, I don't drink E and J. Like I won't even touch it. I won't touch it. Like, but you're gonna listen to Ian Fado, right? Absolutely. Jeez. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here for me, for Ian Fado. Let me see if this. Uh, let me see if I go live. Go live real quick. Yeah, yeah. Go definitely go live, man. We, so we we talking about the E and Fado. And so what's the what's the end goal for this? Like, and why did you guys connect? So. E, he's the pr- e, producer for all the produced, records? He produced Money Mitchin. Not okay. sure if you heard okay. that record. One of my favorite. Uh, he produced Peace. Okay, hold on. Do I, I swear to God, I be trying to get that. Uh, why the hell you driven? You don't want to get it popping. Everybody. He has a very distinct bounce, and he's a trained pianist. He's a very interesting guy from Philly. You know what I'm saying? Didn't grow up in the best environment. Mm-hmm. You know, I've saw him make the beat for. Have you heard "Easy Faithful"? Uh, Easy like Sunday morning. And then at the end, he produced the the faithful part of that. And I saw him make that beat mm. with some tandoori chicken in one hand, eating oh. it on some hood <laughs> shit, and literally playing the most beautiful strings on his keyboard I've ever heard. So this guy is special to me. Yeah. Eric Young. Um, you know what I'm saying? Shout out to him. He just got married, just had a child. Um congrats, congrats to him. I know you know how that feel. Yeah, there you go. And um he just has the uh, every time I hear his music it even it's it's crazy cuz it's a juxtaposition. You know, he'll talk about some hood shit, but mm-hmm. the keys would be so beautiful that it it just gives it this really warm this warm vibe right, and it, it right. does remind me of that that killer cam so took me back and i was like yo he had a whole bunch of unfinished records and he would send them to me and um he got to a point where you know he had to take care of you know take care of home and stuff right, like that he, right. he was taking a little break from the music i say yo send me all those records here's some money you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying and he was basically he's real cool he's never like oh i'm you know what i'm saying right right he, he can make a hit like this it's whatever so he, you know what I'm saying, sent him some money on some on some French shit, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? It, they I didn't give him what they were worth, of course. Right, right, but right. But it was he still... sent them to me. He he trusted me. I kept all his records, all his all the the whole beat and all his verses. Some of the verses were unfinished. That's why I, uh if you listen to okay, the so album, like I'll, I'll literally jump in, okay. in and gotcha. it, so it wasn't recorded in the same place at all. Some of these records were recorded three, four years ago mm-hmm. by Eric. Um but to me, it sounds really cohesive. We have uh, interesting chemistry, pause, and um, that, that's what I wanted to run with. I wanted to run with, with Eric as, as the producer and the mm-hmm. music composer for this series of Faith Fridays. Gotcha. And, and 
it's been the most successful thus far. And so Ian Fay has has gathered more plays than Mama has, and wow. it's only been out for it. It's not even. It's not even out. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not. It's not officially out, but it's it's drops record by record. record. So that just lets you know the popularity. And I think it was important to drop Mama because that was some heavier shit. You right, know what I'm right, right. It, was it a showed the background. Story. Yeah. And then Ian Faye is like, he's a rapper that just happens to be from this background. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So I don't want people to look at me like, oh, he's the foreign rapper. You know what I'm saying? Got like, you, got you. No, it's important. It's almost like you, you're you stepping out on purpose so you don't get typecast. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's just yeah, like, yeah. let me show people and, what I can do. And we always music. made that Southern, you know. Right, right, right. Even even on the on the harder records, I'm not like, I, I don't know, would you, I had this conversation with my, my boy Kalechi the other day and I was like, do you, he was like, I don't really consider you as a lyricist. Like, I got lyrics, mm. but like, that boom bap, da, ba, da, ba, da, da, ba, da, like so it's I feel like it's a little bit miracle. more fun. Yeah, it ain't okay, no, yeah. yeah. No, I I would say, man, like for me to categorize your music, I I feel like you're somebody that you're very entertaining on record. Wow, you're entertaining. But when somebody I, compared me, and this is this is crazy. Somebody compared me to Two Chains the other day, like hmm. not in how you sound, but how you it's entertaining the, the attention. It's almost lighthearted. It's almost funny, but I feel it. You know something. I can understand that statement because two chains when you listen to his music is he he makes you feel like you're in the studio with him when he created yeah and when i listen to your music i i don't get the in the studio feel i get the on stage with you feel oh wow like i feel like when i listen to your music i feel like okay i know this guy's a dope performer even though i guess i'm biased i've seen you perform yeah. before but that's that's what comes to mind when I, i'm listening like, i'd be jumping yeah. up and down in the studio i like, can, I, I can I, get that like you know, yeah. if I had chains, Future does it a lot too. Mm -hmm. If you listen closely to Future records, you'll hear his you chains hear it, clacking. Yeah. So, yeah, I ain't got no chains. No, well, you know, it's all good. <laughs> we talking about? <laughs> oh, I ain't got no chains. Buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's dope, man. So you're you're releasing it, um, the Ian Fate week by week, and then at the end, are you gonna put it together, put it package it? Speaking of week by week, I want all my indie. You know what I'm saying? All the indie brothers and sisters out there who are doing this music shit. It's a single dominated um, era. Absolutely. So a lot of motherfuckers are not consuming full bodies of work, especially from me, mm -hmm. especially from you. You give people a week, this is how I do it, you give people a week to digest the song and crave more, I feel like that's the best way. One week or two weeks or whatever it is, but it's a single dominant. Ain't nobody gonna listen. This that's that's the mistake I made with Mama, and mm. I'm and I'm not gonna sit here and, and try to keep all the secrets. I'm literally, if you make great ass music and you supposed to be you supposed to be speaking to you know millions of people, mm -hmm. you it's gonna happen for you. Absolutely. So, so with Mama, I dropped seven records first. They're the Grat tracks, and they perform the the best. Mm -hmm. And then I dropped the other seven all at once, and you literally see the decline in mm. in streams. And it's almost heartbreaking because you made this composition of work mm -hmm. to flow from top to bottom, and people don't listen like that anymore. They don't. How much of that? Because like that's you know early in the conversation, that's why I, I struggle with that because I know what it was like over here, and so I'm I I think I'm always will and always will ever be an album listener. I like to listen. Like I hate fucking listening, bro. I, I don't. I, the people are like, what do you listen to? I listen to the hottest thug records, the mm. hottest future records. Like, 
these are the people I listen to. I don't go to and and I could re- I recognize greatness. Mm-hmm. I know J Cole's great. He's just you know what I'm saying I don't I don't listen to full J Cole records. I'm not one of those people who or not records like albums. Yeah, album, I'm not yeah. one of those people who listens from top to bottom. Mm. I hear that shit on like the A. I consume music very basic. Like it's on some real basic. Like mm. let me go to the A list playlist. Mm. Who popping right now? <laughs> let me hear this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know so. Um, Nah, but that, that's the beauty of the internet, though, because you have the option now. It used to be buy an album, you had to ride to it. And like I said, the, the, the thinking is archaic, but and, and you have to eventually strip that and break that down. However, I think personally, the difference between right now and timeless is that you just got to keep making good music. That's keep it. Keep making good music. Now, regardless of how people consume it, if you make good music, you'll stay. If you make the gimmicky stuff, you'll be hot. But do you stay? It's the, it's the real question. You know what I mean? And that's the one that I kind of toy with. I've learned this term. It's just not for me. It, it might be 20 other people outside that love it. It's just not for me. You know what I mean? It's just like, you know, it is what it is. That's, that's the beauty of the Internet, though. There's, like, a, there's you know, a lot of people matter. who say that to me. Yeah. People on the up tops. You good, it's not for me. Not for you. Keep that shit moving, dog. Take the, like, UConn says, you, uh, Kalechi's brother. He's, like, real, like, coach-minded because he played football for mm-hmm. George. He said, take the the wins and the losses the same. You know what I'm saying? Keep your head down. What you going to do, dwell dwell after a win and be like, yo, we made it and party mm-hmm. and shit, and the next day you lose? Nah, just, you know, um, if if you're doing this shit, you, you really, I don't, I'm I'm at a point where now arrogance. I don't play records for people and say, "Hey, what do you think?" Mm. It's either you like it or you not, or you don't. You do know you that? watch? Do you watch the reaction when I you do. play? That's okay. Reactions tell everything. Somebody right, can right. say they're feeling something, they not. Yeah, and just you just know? look at the reaction. Yeah, the reaction is there. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that shit. Yeah, that shit tight, bro. <laughs> that that's how you know. Yeah, yeah. body language says it all. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, a lot of times, a lot of times, like if I'm playing it for someone, they'll say, "Run that back, run that mm-hmm. back." That's that's one of those indicators that they're feeling it. But just because one of your close homies is feeling it, I feel like a lot of people give their homies too much, mm-hmm. um, too much credit as a, a as as a um, as an A and R basically. As an A and R, I'm thinking of the word. What's the damn word, man? As a critic. Critic. Okay. Yeah. So like they they give you too much, you know what I'm saying? Like power. And mm-hmm. I've seen people are like, nah, everybody in the, like, they would love the record. They play for something though. And I'm not feeling it like, well, I'm not dropping it. It's like, man. It's no. one person. It's one person, yeah. dog. But some people value someone's opinion. I, there's people who I value their opinions. Like, Absolutely. I'm like, yo, maybe, you know what I'm saying? Or they'll, they'll say like, what if this was mm-hmm. here? And even then I'm like, okay, cool. That's your opinion. That's not how I intended it for to, to be. I think I think at the end of the day, you have to be open to the criticism, but you have to have a, a great greater understanding of who you are as an artist. Uh, you, uh, you know. I, I, I get everything, dog. Like mm-hmm. um, I, I think a lot of people see the love and I like to I like to emphasize the love because that's what keeps me going. Mm-hmm. And that's what I surround myself with. But, there's you know, there's people who've commented, this is my favorite song, but he looked like a terrorist. So I ain't going to no shows. Cause they they be bomb like they implied that there's probably yeah. gonna be some suicide bombers there. Why in the fuck would I be doing this music shit if I was gonna kill myself on stage, dog? Yeah, it, it's like it's not smart. That uh, you know what I'm saying? People be like, you know, with the words with Faye, people be like, he, you know, in YouTube comments, it's it's 
it makes my day sometimes. They'd mm-hmm. be like, yo, fake gay as hell, man. Like, he fruity as fuck. And it, honestly, it, it doesn't really bother me, but it's one of them things that kind of just makes you smile. Like, They're why? commenting. They're commenting, and people, you know, I've, I've heard it all, man. Like, that, that separation of, um, I think that's the important part as a creative because, you know, artists are sensitive about their music. You know what I mean? So you have to get to that point to where, yeah, they're just acting out. They want your attention, or or they just don't fuck with you that hard, right? And and you and then twenty to, other people do, and you you know you, you have just, to and, <laughs> and, that's, over. And, and that's the demise of a lot of artists. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say like any names, but like some artists, um, some artists are just so focused on the people that hate them, and they forget about the people who've been riding with them mm-hmm. since day one. And that makes them feel neglected. Right. So you right, lose everybody. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Right. You lose everybody. You lose, the people hated you to begin with, the people that ro- rode for you, mm-hmm. see that you're catering to... The people that hate you. That hate you. Yeah, and now and looking then, at so, them. So now you got nothing. You're starting all over again. I don't give a fuck if it was a bunch of 14-year-old white girls who mm-hmm. fuck with me and everybody else hated me. I cater straight to them, dog. What y'all want? And see, I'm... Not, go- not like... That sounded kind of no. I, no, I know yeah, exactly what you're saying. No, there, there, there's <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, what y'all want? Like, what y'all like? <laughs> well, yeah, what kind of or music like, do y'all well, like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but no, I, I get it though. I get it. It's I have this thing that I like to say. You know, the artist like, what's your avatar? And, and it's like, you know, when I say avatar, like, what does your audience look like? Down to the T. And I think when artists really grasp that concept and look and, and they realize that, like, man, you know, my target is 18 to 21 year old college students that live in the Southeast. If that's your target, stop worrying about not getting plays in California. Focus on the Southeast. Go and do your run across the Southeast. And it'll then come to California. It'll come. It'll get there. It will get to it'll California. It'll get there. And Spotify makes it so easy. Congrats it, on the million plays again. Wow. Yeah, I forgot about it. Congrats on that. One million. And in the grand scheme of things, it ain't shit. But uh, well, yeah. my homie Kalechi hit me up one day. I was like, yo, you know you got over a million. I was like, for real? That's cool. Shrugged my shoulders. And then he yeah. said, I'm going to make you a banner. Let's make this a thing. So there's a lot of there's a lot of people on my team, mm-hmm. and Kalechi does his own thing. You know, great artist, great friend, mm-hmm. but he cares about my music like I would care about my music. He's actually That's my engineer dope. too. That's dope. So he'll sit behind the board for fucking hours, dog. Like he won't bullshit me or nothing. Mm-hmm. He'll he'll mix that thing till it's right or till I'm happy with it. Mm-hmm. And um, he was like, "Let me make you a banner. Let's make this a moment." And we did, and it brought That's a lot dope. of traffic in. So. Keeping people that genuinely care and people who are open to new ideas, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Because I'm not one of them people who I'm a do-it-myself type person. Like, I want to get other people involved. I can't draw, you know what I'm saying? So I'll reach out to Dwayne Plains. I can't mix. I can't get behind the board mm-hmm. and mix. So I got my homie Kalechi who's mixed my voice for ten years, almost 10 years. And these guys bring my vision to life. Right. You know what I'm saying? And And – you know, the words with Faye and stuff like that. They're all initially my ideas, but I just come up with the ideas. These are the guys. They exec- execute. These are the yeah. guys executing the ideas, and I don't ever want people to take away from what they do. Right, you know right. Because they're an amazing team, and they genuinely care. It's not, okay, well, let's shoot this words with Faye for you. Okay, here's an invoice. Get the fuck out of my face. Right, it's, right. yo, you think it'd be dope if we did this, or mm-hmm. do you have any edits? Or So I'm hands-on with everything, but I don't do... You have a team. That's it. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with having cultivate, a team in place. Cultivate a team that genuinely cares for you. Don't work Absolutely. With, don't work with the people. 
uh, there's you know what I'm saying before I work with anybody and my homie AB will tell me will tell you this we'll be in a group chat I say do you mess with the music and one day AB was like why do you always ask people that like it don't fucking matter if they mess with the music and I was like nah it, no, does, it does bro it does because it reflects the quality the work. it reflects what they're gonna put into it and always you know what I'm saying even if you have to find it. Even you know, a lot of people pay for engineers. Find the mm -hmm. engineer that fucks with you the most and that wants to see you grow the mm -hmm. most. That's it. You know what I'm saying? Find the producer that fucks with you the most and wants to see you grow the most. Like the people around me are very key in the success of or or the recent success or whatever success. Some people may not even see it as success yet, but in whatever this is, mm -hmm. I, the, I attribute a lot of the success to them. So. That's me on my soapbox, just, you know. No, that's dope, man. Trying to take the attention off me, but <laughs> I'm still the genius behind the, you know what I'm saying, the words. I still be hitting the notes. Right, No right. auto-tune. No auto-tune. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes. So, I have this thing I like to do. It's called Three Lazy Questions, right? Yeah. So, I give you these three questions, and um, first thing that come to mind, right? Okay. First question, your earliest memory of hip-hop. I don't know why Vanilla Ice just came to my mind, dog. Vanilla <laughs> no, Ice, Ice, baby. Dog. <laughs> Literally, I, I guess that's the first shit that that's came to my mind. Vanilla Ice, bro. And I'm sorry for anybody who's listening, but Vanilla yeah, Ice. Vanilla Ice, I mean, he gets a bad rap, man, but... No, 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 fuck him. It's fuck him, but still, you feel me? Yeah, I mean, um, I remember Vanilla Ice, like, quite vividly. Like, I, I remember the video, all of that, the dancing around. Fuck a Vanilla Ice, man. <laughs> If Vanilla Ice, if Vanilla Ice was black, he wouldn't be Vanilla Ice. Well, that's true. That's true. You know what I'm saying? If he made Ice Ice Baby, this shit would just be another whatever. Yeah. But you know, anomalies. Like it white, happens. White dudes could dunk. Who could dunk? Or white running backs. We like to give them super praise. I'm still trying to think of a white running back. Now that you said that, I don't know. It's probably one of the motherfuckers on the Patriots or some yeah, or no, Seahawks. I they probably got one. I mean, and we no can't offense. talk about Patriots here. I'm sorry. I'm still hurt. Twenty-eight-three. I'm, I'm hurt. They lost. They lost. Yeah, they lost. Alex Smith gave it to him, but but no, nah, man. I mean, nothing against white running backs or white talent. It's just you know what I'm saying. It's a true but statement. It, it I just get it. leveled the playing field, man. Like right. just because just because a white dude could sing soul doesn't make him any better than you know what I'm saying. There's right. a lot of there's a lot of dudes of color who could sing just as good, but mm -hmm. you don't give him the praise because he's an anomaly. Oh, he a white dude. He not supposed to have rhythm. He right, not right, supposed right. to be able to jump. What kind of fuck shit is yeah, that, yeah, dog? Yeah. We all human. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Put in the same like, amount of work. Put right. in the same, just just stop, man. Just stop. But yeah. Gotcha. My bad. Was, no, it's cool. It's cool. Vanilla Ice, but honestly, the the first real the first real um hip hop um uh, story that I could like vividly remember is going to buy college dropout. Mm. Um, That's a good I think album. it was in 03. I was 13 03. years old. Yeah. February 03. Yeah. Yeah. And, and me and my sister and my brother at the time, I, he was 11. I was 13. My sister was 17. We all bought one. Oh man. That's dope. College dropout. We all bought one. We only had one CD player. Like fucking idiots, dog. We would rotate which CD we were gonna play, but they all had the same songs. So. Hey, no, I, re I I remember I remember college dropout, bro. I remember that because that was my freshman year, second semester of college, and I was so ready to drop out. I had failed my first class ever in life, first semester. Dog, you were old head now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah, man, I'm I'm up there, man. I'm up. I was there. trying to make you feel better <laughs> off, but like. I was 13 and you were 20, dog. I was in college, bro. Shit. Like, I was in college. No, I, I was like, hold on. And 
Yeah, I was 19. I, I, yeah, I was night. Well, I was actually I was 18. I turned 19 in the summer. But still, yeah, he's still old. Heavy. I'm still old, man. You know, but I remember that time. All right, second question. What inspires you? My mother. That was easy. That was easy. She right. just does. Yeah. Like, well, let me ask you, why, why does she inspire she you? She came to this country, didn't know a lick of English, married a man that she barely knew, and came and made some shit out of herself. You know what I'm saying? She's a very strong woman. You could even say my house is a matriarch. Matriarchy, is it? Yeah, she's just a boss, dog. Mm. You know what I'm saying? You think, you know Walker's mom? Yeah, Deb. Yeah. She like Walker's mom on steroids. Mm. Okay, that says a lot. Nah, I'm just playing. That Walker's says mom. a lot. Walker's no? mom is real <laughs> tough. But I was like, Miss Deb, you, that says a lot, though. Yeah. No, nah, but my mom facing everything, especially with um, anxiety and stuff like that. She's right, so, right. It's, it's genetic. She came to this country and and never, you know, what I'm saying, never wavered. Mm. She, that's dope. Never, she ain't never leave. When shit got hard, she stayed at it. And I think that's where the persistence, you know, comes from. Absolutely. All right. Last question. If you could change anything about hip hop, what would it be? Like future or past? Anything. I would change. Um, I would change these old heads and, and people discrediting um, trap music, mm. quote unquote, and mumble rap, and and trying to undermine it and not call it a genre and not call it art because. Just like any other genre of music, it's progressed, mm -hmm. and hip hop has so many subgenres. And I feel like Young Thug is a genius in his own right. And there's not a lot of people who can replicate his sound. Yeah, it, it can't. It can't be or replicated. Future, yeah, or or any of these guys, man. Like Uzi is Uzi is a fucking. They that, like they said they said he was a 22nd century rock star. Mm. My man is giving you straight Blink 182 melodies on trap beats, dog. Mm. Think about that from Philly. And people are like, oh, that's next. So to it. Like, like, he's so fucking like, dog, this dude, like, you got to look past it. Mm. You got to look. There's different subgenres of rap. You got, you know, lyrical. You got, you know, right, right. vibey currency music. You got um, trap. You got boom bap. You got everything. You got so, everything. Yeah. So stop trying to discredit these guys who are literally out there making a name for themselves and they come from nothing. And that's the only thing I would change. I would want I want rap to be more inclusive. Like mm. people talking about, oh, the double XL freshman list sucks. You can't do this shit. You can't you can't replicate Cardi, Playboy Cardi. Right. Try right. to make a Magnolia. Where was Magnolia at before he made it? That's a fuck. Jay Z said he was an inspiration with that record. Right. Jay Z right. told you that Magnolia was a hit fucking record. How many and and it has to come from certain people's mouths for people, for people to, to be get like, it. Yeah, 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 I get it. I mean, I know I'm, I'm essentially nobody right now, but like that in the next in the next 10, 15 years, bro, we're gonna look at we we're gonna look at Uzi Vert like fucking kid and play on steroids, dog. Mm. Kid and play were were a brand big enough to make uh four, five house parties. Yeah. How yeah, many yeah. house parties was there, that shit? I think it was Three three house parties, three but house they had parties. class act. They had they they, they, had they movies, were a brand. They, man, were a brand. they were a whole brand. And Lil Uzi Vert, what makes you think he's not gonna be that? EXO Tour Life is the biggest dog. I played EXO Tour Life from from my 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 nephew. He's like mm -hmm. my little when he was here. He was here for three months with his mom. And when he was here, I would play him my records for him to be the A and R because I knew 
if he was singing back the melodies after two times, that was a hit fucking record. After you he heard EXO tour like once, bro, I kid you not, he knew every cadence, dog. That says a lot. Like, and it says a lot. And it hits you. It's like this this kid just heard the song once. He went to sleep. He gets back in the car. We're mm-hmm. driving, and he's <laughs> like, he doesn't know the words, but he knows. He the knows cadence, the cadence. So. The cadence is what's important. You know, I, I, I'll for one can throw myself under the bus, man. Like I used to be like that. Yeah. And then I had to learn that you know what, it's just not for me. You yeah. know what I'm saying? There are certain things that be for me, and there are some things that that's not for me, and that's okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it's like it's okay. The biggest thing that you can do, if it's something that you personally don't like, just don't support it. As simple as that. Just don't support Period. it. I understand these new rappers having, you know, allegations and domestic violence, shit like that. That's a different story. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? That comes down to their personal. You don't want to, you know what I'm saying? You don't want to support somebody who's an abuser, you know what I'm saying? Right, right, or, right, or right, right. Or something. That's that. But what is what does Playboy Cardi's success have to do with you? Yeah, absolutely nothing. Like, why are you watching another man as a man and hating on him just because you don't like it, dog? Yeah. Don't. <laughs> I, there's shit You're that right, I don't though. like. There's shit that I don't like that I know is brilliant and genius. It's just not mm-hmm. for me. It's just not for you. There's nothing. This shit is subjective. Uh, music yeah. itself if is subjective. You're not gonna make something that there's never. I, I there's never been a song that I've made that everybody in the world likes, and they'll they'll never and never they'll will never be. will be. And if if and if you if somebody tells you that, then they're lying to you. They're liars. They're liars. I mean, go like, to go to fucking go to YouTube, man. And there's there's videos on YouTube about about feeding the homeless mm-hmm. and like and about ending world hunger that have dislikes. Yeah. You understand what the <laughs> fuck that means? How right. do you hate on somebody <laughs> trying to to end world hunger? It doesn't make sense to hate it, but people do. People like, do. Yeah. Oh fuck them! They think they better than me because they giving. Yeah. Fuck them. Dislike. Nah, that then just. It doesn't make sense. People are gonna hate on on greatness, of course. Of course. And and people are gonna hate on things that are just objectively good. Mm-hmm. Like feeding homeless, like giving to the poor, like um, you know what I'm saying, community service. Right, right. You get a video of that, there's gonna be dislikes. There's gonna I be promise. dislikes. There's like, why why are you doing that? I don't need to see this. They're, they'll even hit you with the you shouldn't even record this. You should just, you know, do it. For yourself now you're trying to show off it they'll, like you they'll, said, they'll it, find something wrong with it they'll find something they'll find something look Faye, i'm glad we we did this we, I'm did. Glad we did and and also shout out to Faye because like i posted the records I, I and then this is one thing that you might not know this but as somebody that writes we greatly appreciate when we can tell when when the comment comes in and i can tell that you actually took the time to read i read as everything i post because y'all are last of a dying breed and y'all still care about journalism thank you thank you because yeah. there's nothing worse for me and this is for artists that's listening if you want to know how to get on my, uh, on the better side it's just not just saying a simple thank you or a retweet just acknowledge that something was wrote you know what i mean because what you said your comment was like oh no bro it's okay to be late like just listen it's to the fun. music it's here that's it when you said that, I was like, oh, he he read what I wrote. You know, he read what I wrote about, mm-hmm. about the article. And so that stuff, it does something for the person. Because, you know, a lot of times we, we write and we don't know what's going on out there. All we do is put it out. We're putting it out there. And, and it's up to you guys to respond. And so doing that, and that was Friday. You guys don't know this, but today is Saturday. See how quick things happen. I hit him, I hit him up. <laughs> I said, hey, I said, 
go ahead. I'm waiting on a post for the whole album. He said, you want to do a podcast? I said, let's do that shit right now. <laughs> like right now. Right I, now. Right it was now. like seven. He said, oh, shit, I got a DJ gig, but uh, we can do that shit on Saturday. Yeah. Seven. Why, why wait? Why wait? Let's do it. And, and truth be told. If I didn't have a DJ gig last night, we would have did it yesterday. Straight. Like, it would have happened. You know what I mean? So that's the thing. Like, seize the opportunity, people. Don't wait around for stuff to happen. If you have an idea or something like that you want to do, do it now. Don't wait till tomorrow. At least write it down and, and plan it out. But that's mm -hmm. it, man. Faye, thank you for coming through, bro. Appreciate you, dog. It's literally a pl pleasure, man. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, man, I hope you enjoyed the episode with Faye. Uh, I hope it was everything that I told you that it would be. Uh, like I said, we talked about everything, finances, family, all of that good stuff. And I think it's very helpful information for anyone uh, that need it. So uh, shout out to Faye, number one. Um, shout out to you guys for listening. As always, as oh, before we go to that, please subscribe, 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 subscribe. Uh, and don't forget, if you missed it, if you were one of those people that like to skip ahead and get into the interview, that's cool. So I'm going to give you a shot if you're one of those people. At the top of the show, I said, if you're one of my day one listeners to this show, if you text me right now, text day one to 678-872-2227. I'm going to randomly select one person and I'm going to send them a merch package, right? It's going to be something, something nice. I'm not going to tell you what it's going to be, but you're going to get it, right? And I'm going to I'm going to send it to you and it's going to be nice and you're going to wear it and you're going to um take a picture on IG and hashtag straight out the damn pod. I would love if you did that. Um other than that, man, this is it. This is it. This is the end of the podcast. I feel like I'm talking too much, so I'm going to get out of here. Hey, as always, if you guys have a dream, pray on that dream, research that dream, and work until that dream becomes reality. I'm Last Name Good at the Straight Out the Damn Podcast. We out. Peace. The Straight Out the Damn Podcast is powered by the Indie Creative Network.